0: Hello, this is Jamie Murray from Defiance, and you're listening to TV Times 3.
1: We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. Oh, we
0: got nothing better to
1: do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 177. On this episode, we've got a couple of news items, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of The Following, Game of Thrones, Veep... Mad Men, and Defiance. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 177. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com and this week I have joining me
0: Makisha Madden-Toby with MSN TV and TV Madness, the podcast.
2: (laughs) And I'm Rob Owen with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and Scripps Howard News Service. All right, well thank you both for joining me on the podcast this week.
0: Thanks for having us. Happy to be here.
2: Okay,
1: Rob, since uh, this is your first time on the podcast with us, uh, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody. uh, What show or shows got you uh, hooked on TV, and how did you end up uh, writing and podcasting about it?
2: Well, there are a couple shows I can think of from my childhood. I remember I was in eighth grade, and I absolutely loved the series V that was a spinoff from the the two miniseries that NBC did in the mid-'80s. And uh, I was such a fan that I took notes on the episodes and compiled my own episode guide. Of course, I didn't know at the time that's what I was doing, but it's basically what I was doing. So, so there was the original V, and then I would say China Beach, um, Twin Peaks, and uh, Homefront is my all-time favorite TV drama. And that my interest in that is what led to uh, to wanting to have a career writing about television and uh, thankfully did, and so I went to college and studied journalism and got a job, and that's what I've been doing ever since.
1: All right, and uh, with that, we'll uh, jump into the news. Got a couple of things. Uh, s- the first up is the surprise. It took this long, but the CW has pulled Colt from, from Friday nights, <laughs> and while it's the old not officially canceled, it's canceled. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's- <laughs> And then uh, on the good news front, uh, especially if you're a Being Human fan, uh, Sci-Fi has renewed Being Human for a fourth season. Were e- did either of you watch any of Cult? I mean, uh, or past like reviewing the, the first episode?
0: <laughs> that was
2: as far as I got.
0: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get past the first episode. It was too creepy.
1: I watched a, f- a couple episodes past, and then I had episodes piling up on the DVR. Because uh, <laughs> while it wasn't great the whole concept intrigued me and so I was you know kind of wanted to I was interested in kind of watching it uh, if if at least it was going to play out for the, the season I knew you know once it got moved to Fridays it wasn't going any <laughs> anywhere past that uh, but uh, once they pulled it I just deleted all those <laughs> just deleted all those episodes so no point in,
2: in uh, keeping those around
0: right, just, right. why I, clog up your DVR for no reason yeah <laughs>
2: Jason, I agree with you that the premise of the show was interesting. And I have to say one of the things that I find these days, and this wasn't true in the past, but there's just so much scripted television now that it's impossible to keep up with it all. And so I am much more likely to to, you know, cut a show now than I ever was before. And Cult is one that I probably would have stuck with despite misgivings about the the quality of it. Um, but once it debuted and I saw the number, I just, I didn't even set a DVR pad. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I don't have time to watch shows that, that, you know, there is no hope for their future with, with a few exceptions, maybe smash, but, um, yeah, I, I understand (laughs) going down with the ship with that one, right? Uh,
1: Either of you watch a being human. Uh, uh,
0: no, I, I watched the, the original BBC version and the American version. I just haven't really paid much attention to beyond the first season.
2: Yeah, I would say about the same thing. I watched the British one until they replaced the whole cast. And the American one, I just uh, – I didn't really see the point because I'd already watched it or at least <laughs> – <laughs> Well, the the good thing about
1: it is once they moved into the second season, they really diverted from, from uh, what the – british version had done so that was because the first season while longer than the british first season a lot of the same things roughly the same things happened over the course of it and so it did feel very much like you were just watching a longer version <laughs> of something you'd already <laughs> seen before
0: yeah that's the, that's the same thing happened with shameless and a bunch of other shows that have been adapted from british versions and it's always the the concern from the critical perspective is like well, why would anyone watch this unless you don't care or you don't know about the british version then it's fine but
1: yeah. well in, in shameless's case the first few episodes were like basically they just americanized the script a little bit and right, changed the chicago. city to chicago <laughs> <You know? laughs> other than that it was like it was, it was like a shot for shot remake of the of the thing all right and we'll move on to uh the prime time segment and the first show on our list today is the following, uh, and we're up to uh, season one, episode twelve, uh, "The Curse" as of uh, this past Monday. So, uh, Mikisha, what are you what are you thinking about the the following?
0: It's one of those shows. I just I don't know why I keep watching it. And I not and I, <laughs> <I'm stuck. laughs> and I I because part of me likes it, and then the other part of me is like this is ridiculous like it's so it feels so much like 24 and like that you have to suspend your disbelief for so long you know what i mean like you're sitting there and this this serial killer is just kicking it in a house and these people are just it's just i can't i, I can't give up on it but i don't want to love it yet i can't love it i it's it's like a family member or something that you tolerate but you want to see you know what i mean i mean i I just, I I want to know what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how they're going to make this, if they can make this work, but it's, it's starting to really grate on me in terms of like people, the way that they handle death and the way that they handle suspects and just how they discover information. And this, this woman is, is, you know, secretly, you know, gunning to kill Kevin Bacon's character and, uh it's just it's too much. I, I I can't stop watching it but I don't like it all the time. I, I know I sound crazy, but it's true. It's just that's what that show does to me.
2: No, I understand what you're saying, Makisha. I, I I get it because I have to admit I keep recording it and I actually had sort of vowed that I was quitting the show until Jason Yeah too- <laughs> until Jason asked me to come on and talk about it. So I went ahead and but I'm not promising to watch it tonight. Um, exactly. My, my problem with this show is that, you know, we talk about sometimes how some some shows are served better by having a shorter run. But even this show, which only has a 15 episode run, needs to be about half of that because so exactly. much of this series is spent running in place. You know, I, I mean, I feel like we've been down the same road so many times on this show um, that. You know, these are the most inept FBI agents that have ever, you know, been depicted on television is how it feels to me. I just, um, I in the real world, you know, this would have been done by now, not weeks and weeks later. I mean, in the show time, I know it's just days and days, not weeks and weeks, but still, it just, it feels like it's dragged on for a long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah but, it feels right. like it's dragging on at this point. Like you said, and I think your description of running in place is so perfect. That's exactly how it feels, and I think that's part of... Not I think that's part of my frustration. It's just like really? Really? Right. You'd still and, and you and you found this bunker and the CEO killer's calling you on the phone? Like you got I mean just <laughs> I can't uh <laughs> God. Well there's
1: well there's a couple things. One in the like the time frame issue is we've been watching now for you know, it's been on for twelve weeks, but I couldn't tell you if how much time has passed in the show? Like, I I couldn't like right now I couldn't tell you that it's been three weeks, uh, a month. That it, I I have no idea. So yeah. So in some respects, it might not be like if the time is actually much less than the twelve weeks we've spent, uh, then it doesn't seem quite so bad. I don't know. 12 days? Do you really? I mean, how? Well, <laughs> in, in 12 days, they would have captured him, let him escape.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, him. I mean, even that hostage crisis recently that was in the news somewhere in the south. I don't remember if it was Mississippi or whatever. That happened over a weekend. Even if you assume, if you give them the benefit of the doubt that this has been, each each episode is one day. Still, yeah. <laughs> 12 days, That's a long time for, for a hostage situation to go on
0: just the hostage but but it's a serial killer he's right. a serial and he's just in it and the south is not that hard to navigate like they're just like he's in this town somewhere well just get a helicopter i mean like they're just just it it just baffles me sometimes how there's just sort of like we we've narrowed it down to a town <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> and even when even when he like rescued or he attempted to rescue uh the the, the serial killer's son and and I know I should know some of these names, but it just I, I, part of me is just not trying to not you
1: remember just anything remember
0: names <laughs> <laughs> because they're frustrating me so much. And um, but even when he attempted to to rescue the son, and he comes against that you know Bizarro love triangle, and then there's a girl in the basement, and all this other stuff is happening, and then a cop gets killed, and or this, one of the cops at some point you know like cops keep dying. The FBI agents don't die as fast as the cops, which is like you know. Well
1: <laughs> The thing in that episode <laughs> early on is I knew that the young lady cop was in on it, was, like, going to be a follower. Like, they had already showed in the first few episodes that there was going to be a follower, and I was like, if there's going to be a follower in this episode, it's going to be her. But then after that episode, when that happens, if you're the FBI agent, you should be highly suspect of everybody you come in contact with. Everybody. <laughs> like, like, and then when people, like— you know, babysitters have been around for a couple of years and other people you have to be like the idea that Kevin Bacon's character is not suspect of, of his, his neighbor, of his neighbor that just has reappeared, you know, again, when he is, is one of those things that you're just going, if these guys are supposed to be as smart as they're supposed to, you know, be portrayed, then you would be like, you know, everybody would be a, a suspect. There's
2: like three people on the show right now that if you're Kevin Bacon's (laughs) character, you wouldn't be suspect of. I have to say the one thing about the show that I did think was interesting and somewhat unique that I hadn't seen before was that bizarro love triangle that was there early on. And I think in the beginning I was watching more to see where they were going with that just because it was something different. Um, And now, of course, they're done with that storyline and they've moved on from it. So that that also takes away, you know, there's not much new here. I mean, I feel like you could do an interesting TV show um, that was sort of um, thoughtful and densely layered about cults. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, cult notwithstanding that we have seen a show that really dealt with the notion of cults in a dramatic form that was you know, somewhat realistic and believable. So I think there's room for that. Just this is not that show.
1: Yeah, the other thing about this show is is it definitely has the feeling like they've fallen in love with the what they have, and that if it goes into a second season, that they're still going to be somehow chasing this guy and his master plan. I hope not. Because I, that I, that, that I hope seems not weird, to, I sure... <laughs> that's to fail. It really seems like it sh- this should be like they either catch him or kill him by the end of this and this case helped get Hardy back into the FBI to track down somebody else in the next season.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it has to go in that direction um, because I just don't, I mean, they're having trouble sustaining it over 15 episodes this season. They can't sustain the same story next season. It's just hard for, for me to imagine how they would do that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that because he wrote he wrote the chapter and the wife says you know this isn't going to play out, and I'm yelling at the TV, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you, know I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like, I hope what you're saying is true because I can't take more of this. I can't take more of you and the son and the cult people and the cult people being mean to her and, and, and her now just getting her son back and, and Hardy still not finding them and them coming across with Roderick and, see, I see I do know some character names so I like, <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: Um, despite your better efforts, like <laughs>
0: Right. They, 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 the names, certain names. Stick. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I can't take it. I can't take much more of this. Even the serial killer who, and, and I love uh, the actor. Is it James Pirifoy? Yeah. I love him, but I can't take more of him. I can't take more of the cults. I can't take more of them being so close, but so far that 24 thing where it's just within arm's reach of catching him. And then he's just yet so clever. And he just you know the the big the, the f b i just just missed him he just left, you just missed him, you know what I mean it's like I can't, <laughs> or like, I can't like
1: Roderick shows up at the end of the episode in his copy uniform, but the guy that's actually seen him is in the ambulance <laughs> you know and doesn't see him yet, you know, so you know there's a lot of good you know good fortune going on here.
0: I did like I did like the, the what they did with Hardy's backstory and his dad. I like that twist. I'm guessing is that is that what Kevin Bacon apologized to for the international fans who haven't seen this episode. But um I, I like that twist that he was indeed he did get revenge and, and kill the the guy who killed his dad. Yeah, so. they, I
1: I think they've done some interesting things with the way uh that they tell some of the backstory and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is another thing that if makes it feel weird going if they go into another season is like what kind of backstory things are they going to tell when if they're going to find somebody new that they have no his- you know he has no history with you because know, right now a lot of the backstory elements that are interesting are him you know were him when he was investigating it you know the first time around, and some of those things that wouldn't be present in in a sex season i i'm I'm very interested to see where they go with it in the next. Uh, three episodes and and how it could go into uh, uh, another season and with that we'll move on to uh, uh, the next show on the list is Game of Thrones we're up to season three episode three uh, Walk of Punishment and uh, Rob what do you think about Game of Thrones so far this season
2: i 'm very much enjoying it. I am not someone who 's read the book, so i I come at it cold. Um, I often watch it with people who have read the books, and sometimes that 's helpful because they they act as my own wiki for the show when i 'm unsure of where we're at or who characters are. But I have to say that this season I am less confused um, than I have been perhaps in some past seasons. I'm generally tracking pretty well on who's who and what's what and what's going on. And I think that's a a credit to both the show's writing in terms of the plotting of the show, but also to the character development that, um, you know, all these disparate characters, it's, it's become much clearer as to who, you know, who they all are um i i i've seen the first four episodes and episode four coming up is by far my favorite there's just a, a fantastic uh a fantastic scene in that episode that's just that'll have fans cheering but but this episode i i enjoyed quite a bit too i think there was um a lot to uh to recommend that uh you know they they've done a good job of of reminding us where everyone is and and also even developing some of the smaller characters um padrick for instance uh that that was kind of a a fun little story they had going with him too
0: yeah i like i like that story too and padrick's the, the little chubby kid right who made the bread uh
2: yeah the one who works for Tyrion.
0: oh oh yeah 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 oh i thought you were talking about the, the whole aria Oh you know, no no sorry little chubby friend in the in the to the bakery <laughs> but no i i agree with you rob i i like this season and it was a slow, slow burn but it always is that first episode some people were like i wanted it to be better and it's like you have to be patient and then i think by this week i feel like it was more because that's the disadvantage or an advantage that we have disadvantage of fans but the advantage that we have and that we get to see all the first four and so we know it's going to progressively get better and stronger and each episode tops the next or tops the last. But but viewers watching it week to week don't always get that sense. And if for people who are like sort of maybe not the strongest fans, but like the show, I think that first episode sort of, you know, disappointed. But I feel like it gets if they're sticking with it, you, they they're, the reward is there. I think by this, by the third week, and definitely like you said, by next week, for sure, but I think this week, I hope for people who are sort of like, eh, I don't know, you know, anymore if this is my show anymore, I, I'm hoping that they, they, they're satisfied with this week's, and it will be satisfied, and I know they'll be satisfied with next week's.
2: I really enjoyed also the stuff between um, Brienne of Tarth and Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been interesting to see he's her prisoner, yet he kind of stuck his neck out for her and uh, uh that i he was a character i never really cared about before but um but i like the pairing with brienne and i'll be curious to see how long that lasts
0: yeah because they were i think there was um they, they alluded to that when they had the premiere party here for the first episode of course we didn't you know you wouldn't have known that until seeing episode three but that they were going to have a lot of the chemistry was going to get stronger between them. And I see it now. I like that. I like what he did too.
1: Yeah. I think the thing about this season, I would sort of be in the camp where that first episode, not that it wasn't good, but it felt like nothing really happened. Right. And I think that's been the sort of thing about this season is, uh, that feels a little bit different is that they seem to be touching on every storyline pretty much in every episode. So I think it is a little bit easier to follow because a character doesn't completely disappear for an episode and then come back with a storyline in the next one. But also in that, it kind of feels like not much is happening in any given episode because you're only seeing a little bit of like seven different stories. But yet the series really is meant to watch like all 10 episodes at one time.
0: Right. <laughs> like
1: it is 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 ultimately it airs weekly, but it's really not it's really a long movie cut into, you know, 10 parts.
0: Right. Yeah, that was and that, that's what I mean. Like we we have as critics, we get to see all four and we, you know, but when people are watching it, you know, one at a time, It's easy to lose people. It's easy to lose viewers. I mean, like, certain viewers are going to watch it no matter what. But you don't want to lose that momentum. I think, though, that the momentum is building. But, yeah, that is is a risk. Because, if if, like you said, in that ten part, in those ten parts, if one part doesn't feel like anything really was resolved or happened or there was nothing that really moved the story forward, then you're feeling like they're just sort of standing in steel or stuck in mud or something.
1: Yeah, because episodes, sometimes they just tend to end. Like this third episode was the first the first episode really the season where like you know he gets his hand chopped off that's sort of a big ending you know to, yeah. to an episode that it goes out on a, on a, something big and so that was that was a little uh, different although the 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 closing music over the credits was seemed completely bizarre <laughs> like it was I was like it. Was, was was that supposed to be like a rock version of the song that they were singing in the middle, like the the group that on the horses was singing at one point in time or something? <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was, how how it connected or where it came from. It 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 totally threw me. It felt completely weird. Uh, didn't fit into the world that I would just been watching. But uh, but then the previews they point to lots of big events you know to come in the in the next episode.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if you like this ending for the third episode, then you're going to like the ending for the fourth episode. Like, I mean, it's the best. Like Rob said, it is the best of all four. The first four, it is the best. And which I feel like if you take it as a body, not individually, but if you can, you know, approach it as a body of work or like you said, like a movie in that first four hours, that fourth installment pay, It there's a pay. There's a huge payoff. But... You have to, and and music notwithstanding, (laughs) (laughs) you have to just take it in and say, okay, I like where this is going and season three is going to be just as formidable as season two or or arguably even more so season one. But yeah, I I also like what Rob, there were so many characters in season two that at at certain points I was like, I don't know who, who that is, what's happening and who's fighting but, um, by the time they had the war at the end of season two that they, they they were obviously it made more it made more sense you you cared more about who those people were, and I feel like season three has has gotten rid of all of that confusion if they were you know from season two and and they're just focusing on who we know and not introducing thankfully not a lot of people new people
1: well like rob i have never read the book, so I come into everything you know fresh i don't i haven't you know read anything about the books or, you know, I should say trying to stay away from finding anything out. Cause I don't want to know, but like last season, I had no idea what was happening on the other side of the wall. Like anytime <laughs> that storyline popped up, I had no clue. Like, I didn't know what, who was over there, what was happening. <laughs> At least now I feel like I kind of have a handle on, on that storyline. Cause they've actually, uh, you know, they've actually spent a little time and you, you, you get a, a little bit of an idea. Cause it, I was kind of shocked to find out how many people were actually over there like <laughs> you know like that there were groups of people over there more than just like the the white walkers and and whatever uh that you know so uh that's that's been a, a a good thing I think with the way that they've been telling the story I think there's I think there's pros and cons to both ways uh in that each episode doesn't feel like it progresses that much but yet you have a an you, you feel like you know where you're at
0: <laughs> right
1: as opposed to previous seasons where there would be big advancements in certain stories and then somebody would disappear for an episode or so and then <laughs> their then their story would <laughs> mostly appear in another one and while the previous people would sort of disappear so yeah i think it's i think it's been pretty good and and you know i look forward to each you know each week coming up uh, for uh, for well, the next seven. Now.
0: Yeah. In the books, whole, whole characters disappear for whole books. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like and Get you ourselves know, lucky. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I've, you know, I I've, I've started watching the show like you guys, and then just got curious and, and started reading the books. And the challenge, like you were saying, with the show is that they they have less time and less less space to do that and to reintroduce people and to reintroduce storylines and to keep storylines going. And to introduce new characters and all this other stuff. So, you know, you know, with the book, the, the book has way more freedom, and so the 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 producers are in this weird position of like, we can do whatever we want with this character because this character wasn't even in book three. But <laughs> at, the flip side of that is maybe there's a reason that you know Martin left those characters out of the book maybe we don't care. Um so it's, it is a challenge, but I think it's, it's also – it's just been fun to see where they go and, and how the characters are, are kind of coming. And all the storylines are starting to now sync up, I think.
1: All right. And we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is Veep, which uh, will now follow uh, Game of Thrones uh, on Sunday nights. And uh, it just started back up season two, episode one, midterms. So, Makisha, <laughs> what would you think about the return of Veep?
0: You know, it was funny. I was late to the show. Like, I just watched season one two weeks ago and loved it and was like, why did I watch this before? <laughs> but I think it's because I'd watched like the first two and didn't like her. And like you're sort of saying, not quite on the level of Game of Thrones by any means. But in terms of taking it in as a whole as vers- versus taking it in weekly, is so much better for that particular show because by the end I liked her and I cared a little bit—not not loved her, but I cared what happened and what happened to her staff and what, you know what was going to happen and to her relationships and with her daughter and her boyfriend and all that stuff. So to see season two and they should have taken a different tack and that now that she's going to have somebody else to answer to and another person, yet yet another person that's standing between her and the president is actually kind of fun, um, especially because. You know, it's, it's Gary Cole and everybody. I mean, he's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's, nobody plays a dick like Gary Cole. So, <laughs> you know, it's 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 fun. And I like I like that. This is this is a show. I like that 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 Julia Louis-Dreyfus continues to amaze us with how clueless she can be. But this isn't this isn't Elaine Bettis 2.0. And that's what I think I was initially when I first started watching the show last year. When I did you did the first two episodes, I was like, oh god, not another one of these, or you know, Adventures of Old Christine two point oh. I feel like now, I feel like by the the say the fifth or sixth episode in season one, they finally really found their groove and they. Really developed her as an as a very different character from her past characters, and I like it a lot more. And I think it's really funny. So, but the first episode, like you said, this talk was about the midterms and her new boss and like this election and all the stuff that she she tried to do, but really had no no power beyond you know her office. And I, I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I have to say, my big problem with the show in the first season is that I'm so accustomed to coming to HBO shows that are rooted in some sort of recognizable reality. <laughs> and, you know, it's just not, they're not interested in setting up a believable political universe. This is all about the comedy and, and that's, you know, they're going to have fun with the politics, but they're not interested in the realism of it. And so I think once I was able to get past that and just recognize, okay, this is sort of, you know, more comedy of the uncomfortable in the vein <laughs> of a curb your enthusiasm or something like that. Um, you know, you just and also that that when it does take on politics or anything in that realm, it's just deeply, deeply cynical about it. And um, you know, just all the characters, it's just all about their baser instincts that are. Um, just ugly and terrible. And you know, if you have a dark sense of humor and can appreciate that, <laughs> then I think uh, it's going to be up your alley. Otherwise, if you are a more uh, optimistic soul, uh you you might not love the show.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're right, Mekisha, that it did take a little bit into the season, the first season to uh you know, for them to sort of figure out what the show was going to be, you know, mm-hmm. and how everybody was going to fit within that. The thing about it though is Sometimes the episodes are completely hilarious, and then sometimes, like this one, to me, there was a <laughs> couple of things that were kind of funny. You know that that happened along the way.
0: The lipstick thing was funny. <laughs> that,
1: that 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 was
0: funny. Just
1: with him with the wipes trying to <laughs> trying to clean up the, the Oval Office as lipstick had gotten all over the place and she was tracking it all over the place. That sort of that. That physical humor and stuff was was <laughs> funny. But really, the funniest thing in the episode wasn't until the end when they were doing the – she was had been up all night and they were now doing the, oh, yeah. the 27 interviews around the country. That That scene was – I thought that was really
0: funny. Because I think like what Rob said in terms of it not being rooted in a real universe <laughs> – that's real like that you've seen these morning interviews and you're like this poor person like even if you're not a democrat or republican whatever party they're in and you see these people you're like oh my god like he, he looks dead inside and or she looks dead in, and then they have to that's part of the job that was pretty I, That thought it was pretty funny and her hair was awesome <laughs>
2: well, that's, that's an example of where the show does take its cues from reality it, it, it creates characters that are absolutely not rooted in reality, and the example I'll give there is Jonah, the White House liaison. You know, he's just such a buffoon that they had to create a new character, the Gary Cole character, to be a believable foil for Selena. because I think Jonah had sort of run his course in the first... Definitely. ...that they couldn't, you know, you couldn't keep going back to that well. Now, he's still around, but um, it's clear that, that the Gary Cole character is an actual real adversary for her. And Jonah just, you know, he, he was, he just wasn't.
1: He was just, he was just an annoyance, you know, sort of that, that, uh, they, they had to deal with and, and still do. But I think the episode worked well to set up, you know, bringing on some new characters and, 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 setting up, I, I did also like, they did throw in a joke in there where the president actually had called, but she wasn't there. (laughs) to have taken the call, Uh, that was was good.
0: Yeah, because every every episode, right? The president (laughs) called, no. No. And finally, the president called, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that.
1: I think it did well to reestablish. I think it's more, it's sort of a, a, maybe even more than sort of a hyper-reality, almost a spoof on politics in in some situations where they take – a semi real situation, but then they go to the most absurd extreme of what could have possibly <laughs> happened or go wrong there uh you know while you know giving a speech or 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 coming across getting like getting the information that she she had created a a bump for each candidate, but turns out it wasn't <laughs> really much of a bump uh you know
0: i just i love when she goes You and your eyebrows <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Because <laughs> that guy has some serious eyebrows. I don't know. I just I, I I feel like she's smart, and then she's not, and I like that they keep playing with that too, because you don't really know how smart she is yet. You still don't know.
2: No, you have no idea.
0: You have no idea.
2: <laughs> and, and she see, and she and many of the characters seem like that. You know, they are not crafty enough to have gotten as far as they have in politics. Um, you know, the gaffes that she makes. You know, those are the kinds of things that would be laughed off, get someone laughed out of office on a cable news channel in reality, but that, you know, they managed to, you know, she still managed to rise to her position. Right. Overall, now that I think it's
1: interesting, the show is becoming this last episode is becoming more funny while we're talking about it than I remember it (laughs) being when I was watching it.
0: Yeah, maybe it's like like those diet sodas where you drink it and then later you have this aftertaste and you're like, hmm, that was weird. But in a good way. <laughs> like later you're like, that was funnier than it than it registered initially. You know, it does have that. It has like a second life, I think. And that's why I think it, it plays better on DVD, I would argue, than in real time. But it, it is still funny. It's funny. It's just...
1: Uncomfortably funny
0: uncomfortably. I like I like how how rap put
2: that.
0: <laughs> the comedy of discomfort.
2: <laughs> that's it, what it is and that it is. Your enthusiasm and I think some people really enjoy that and then I think other viewers are just completely turned off by it. So, you know, when it's one of those shows I always try to make that distinction because I think that speaks to people.
1: Yeah, well, it, sometimes it's a hard line in in that there's things that are uncomfortably funny, and then there's things that are just uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> and, and
1: nobody wants to be uncomfortable while they're watching their entertainment. You know? That's true.
2: That's true.
0: But yeah, I mean, I do know what you mean. Like, not just Curb Your Enthusiasm, but to some extent, the office and Parks and Recreation, because they, they're cousins. I would argue that *Beep* and Parks and Recreation are close cousins, and not just because yeah. they were women in the
2: lead. Except on parks and Recreation, the character there is some likability in each of yeah. the characters, yeah and and there just really isn't in the beep character.
0: <laughs> you don't like anybody on here, you don't like anybody on me
2: <laughs> oh, maybe the one kind of smart guy, and maybe amy, but um but beyond that, no, not really. <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh selena though i don't know i don't know why i guess because like i said later in the first season with the whole miscarriage and her her relationship with her daughter and the 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 crying episode and sort of still not for for all the you know sort of strides if you will that she's made she's still an outsider she's still a woman and that when they play with those things and make those things funny it works but yeah, so much of it is absurd. <laughs> that <laughs> It's hard to relate to her, but I still, for some reason, I like her. And I think that I think it, you have to, if you don't, you don't have to love her, but you have to like something about her. I think to continue to watch.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty much true of any show. There's got <laughs> to be something you like to continue to watch. Something. <laughs> it's, All
0: right. It's a lot of her in it if you don't yeah. like her? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like girls, it's like, I, that was the thing with girls. So initially with me, I just, I couldn't, I didn't like Hannah. I, I just couldn't like her. And then somewhere around the same thing, or somewhere around the fifth or sixth episode, I just didn't hate her. And then by the end, <laughs> that of- was enough. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Okay. That's enough with Veep, I think. And we can move on to uh, a little bit about Mad Men. Uh, the sixth season just started up. Uh, episode one, The Doorway, and episode two, The Collaborators, has played so far. And uh, I don't watch Mad Men, but uh, what I'd be interested. I know I get that a lot.
0: <laughs> I had to do that to you. I know. It's a part of the contract.
1: Uh, but you two are, are both watched, so who wants to jump in first on uh, how this season has gone so far?
0: I want to know what Rob thinks.
2: You want to know what I think? Okay. I was going to say go ahead. Um, you know, I there are some people who did not love the season premiere that they felt like it was too much of things that we've seen before on the show, but I sort of feel like it's a it's not exactly what we've seen before. I mean, yeah, Don cheating, we've seen all that before, but it's Don it's the start of Don cheating on his wife. And when we saw it the first time around, we we jumped into it when it had probably been happening for a while. And this time we're actually there with Megan and we see it happening. It's more in real time. And I think that is a, a, a distinct difference with this um, story, even if it is a little bit repetitious. I just love this world. I love being in this world. I really like these characters. And... So I, I I liked the uh, the first episode a lot. I probably liked the first episode, the two-hour premiere, more than I did the one that aired this week. Simply because the um, one that aired this week, it's like everybody's cheating. It's not just Don cheating. It's Pete. Ke- I mean, just everybody is, you know, being a horrible person. And at some point, I do find that gets a little exhausting with bad Men. Um, <laughs> but the first episode had some, some more humorous elements and uh, – you know and and a good amount of peggy story which i always find to um be a, a welcome diversion but makisha what what was what is your thought on the season thus far
0: I, I i'm like you i love that world and i love getting into the world and then quickly getting out and going to take a shower because <laughs> <laughs> nasty nasty people but um i also i i, I like this to some extent i like the second episode better because i felt like the first step I lo- and I liked them both, but I feel like with the first one that was so much the 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 revelation that he's cheating again right was such a like gotcha, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know like somebody literally like you're walking and you're laughing and someone punches you in the stomach, and you're like, "Oh, you know, whereas I felt like there was time to. Because that was the last scene we saw, and he was this guy. He's guy. He's this guy's friend. He's admiring this guy. He's asking this guy about life and death. He's he admires how this guy saved the doorman, and you know who was from Sopranos. And and you're like, you know, oh, that's great, Matthew Winters combining his worlds. But I mean, take the 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 fourth wall break out of just going back to the show. He's admiring this guy, and you're like, oh, Don actually has somebody he looks up to, and it's like until he suck it to his wife. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so to to it was such a gut wrenching thing to me It's was such a such a gut punch that the second episode at least there was time to sort of like okay yeah i get it they're sleeping together but also <laughs> sort of seeing why and how and where that comes from in him and that it's not just him just being a whore but a man whore but there's more to it there's there's some there's a, there's a there's a thrill he needs to chase he needs a a a, a project or person. He needs to save or feel like he's helping out. And, but when he handed that wad of cash, I was just like, wow. And she's just okay with this? Like, you're just, even though he's just treating you like, a. he just paid you for your services. Um, But, you know, it's just the, the whole dynamic and then her and Megan and, and then I like the juxtaposition between his adultery and Pete's because it was a whole different motivation and just watching Pete just sort of you know, self implode, like implode, <laughs> this, 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 you know, masochistic, you know, you don't crap where you eat, but he doesn't care. So he craps all over his dinner table. You know what I mean? Like just, just the whole <laughs> and the weirdness at that party. I thought at first I thought it was one of those key, key, keep chain. What do they call those? Those key oh. parties where the people yeah. and you take the keys and you do the, it just seemed like they were all swapping sw- spouses when the, the husband says to to Pete's wife, you know, we should all go skinny dipping. Are you going to wear a bunny costume? And I'm just like, what's happening here? <laughs> and then to, to see Pete with this guy's wife, and, and then you know, and you know how that turns out. Um, but I was, I was most impressed with Trudy and her reaction to it because oh, I didn't I, know I, how that was going to play out.
2: Loved that. That was the best part of the episode. It ain't? was the
0: best part of the episode. And and just seeing Don sort of buckle. At the doorway because there was nothing to chase and as her husband was there and then you know once again he didn't want to go and actually face megan with real problems you know now she's had a miscarriage he doesn't want to actually deal with her it was just much easier and more fun to chase this married woman down you know who's you know a neighbor so i i liked i like the juxtaposition that don doesn't lose megan but pete loses trudy and like all of that and all these lies and, and and like you i like the the Peggy stuff too, but I felt that that was. I felt bad for. I always. I hate feeling bad for Peggy, but I always feel bad for Peggy. <laughs> and the only time I didn't feel bad for Peggy was last season when she finally got her, you know, her voice was actually like, she's like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. You don't. You can't treat me like this. I'm out of here. I'm going to start on my, you know, go over here and get a new job and create a whole new personality and, you know, persona for myself. Of course she's coming sadly right up against the same problems because she's still Peggy and she's still a woman in the sixties in that position. But I just felt so bad for her because I feel like, what's the bearded guy's name who she's friends with who's still that. I'm not
2: sure. I'm not sure what his name
0: is. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, but, I do. But they're friends and I feel like that's going to be gone now. And I want her to have a friend. she's so alone I just feel so bad and like now she's not gonna after he finds out about the ketchup account about Heinz they're not gonna be friends anymore
2: Uh, Makisha you make an excellent excellent point when you talk about the difference between Don's affairs and Pete's affairs Um, because Don we saw through those flashbacks how it was kind of it's rooted in his upbringing right Um, whereas with Pete I think it's just kind of like a, a If not a petulant acting out, then just trying to keep up with the cool guys around him and what he feels is expected of him, um, almost in a weird, perverse sort of way. And, you know, it just seems it somehow seems more selfish with Pete than it does with Don, even though obviously it is with Don, too. But right. um, But but yeah, you make a really good point about how the show did a good job of showing the differences in those affairs. So I'm I'm really glad that you pointed that out.
0: Yeah, I I mean I think that that like you said, the best part of the episode, hands down, with our argument is when Trudy confronts Pete. But I think that I liked seeing the two the differences between the two of them and why and the motivation and and Um, sort of how that's executed and what it means and and you know like not that anyone should be looking at the show as a handbook to be an adulterer. But but uh, but Don is motivated. It's it, There's more to what he's doing than just doing it. Versus, like you said, with Pete, it's sort of like, you know, he was supposed to do this. And and Trudy, and you know, pretty much said as much. Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to do it, but I thought you would be smart enough not to do it with the woman down the street. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were going to do it when I knew you were going to do it when you got the apartment in the city. And I let you get that apartment in the city. And I understood that that was our, you know unspoken agreement but you've you've, you're too stupid to enjoy this agreement and i'm taking it back
2: don't rub it in your face
0: right yeah and i I mean i don't think anyone's ever going to like pete (laughs) because they won't let you like him but but i actually there was a moment in there believe it or not that i actually felt sorry for him
1: yeah all right
0: see what you're missing jason
1: yeah all kinds (laughs) of stuff I, I want to go back and and watch it, but every time I get partway into a season and I just lose interest in it for whatever reason. It just has never grabbed me. Uh, maybe at the times that I've tried to watch it, I just that wasn't the type of entertainment I was looking for. But it's it's that show that I know is good. But that's you know it's not that I think it's terrible or something like that. And that's why I don't watch it. It's just. In the world of, like you mentioned earlier, Rob, of ever-growing amounts of TV, things that don't quite grab me. And I've given it multiple chances. Uh, I've seen into season three, but each season I dropped out halfway through and then caught up before the next season. And after after the third season, when the fourth season was coming out... I started to do that, and then I was like, "Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm probably just going to watch the first four or five episodes and drop out again." Uh, so, I just haven't uh, haven't haven't caught back up with the uh,
2: with that one. I completely understand. You no reason to apologize. Not one. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think he was. I don't <laughs> think he was apologizing at all. I think he was just saying. You can like it, you TV nerds, but I'm have on. I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jason.
1: All right, the last show on the list is a uh, sci-fi's new big uh, show that uh, starts uh, tonight uh, on the night that we're recording. Defiance, uh, it's season one, episode one, the pilot. And it's a two the two hour pilot. Mikisha, have you watched?
0: I didn't I've not gotten a screener, so I don't know. I can't really swear to you that if I'd had I'd
1: <laughs> <have> <laughs> they, they <would've laughs>
0: right? so that's all you guys. That's all you.
1: Alright, Rob, so uh what did
2: you think of of Defiance?
0: Well, let me
2: damn with a little bit of faint praise here. Um it is better than much of what sci-fi puts on. <laughs> but <laughs> That's not saying a lot, because most of what sci-fi puts on for scripted series is, uh, with the exceptions of Barscape and Battlestar Galactica, um, you know, is not all that fantastic. I think that uh, Defiance, there are things about it that, the the thing that I found most interesting is that I've heard from Firefly fans who are like, it's a ripoff of Firefly. And uh, all I can say to them is... Um, then you must not have much respect for Firefly. Firefly was a much better show than this. The only similarity is that it's kind of a quasi-western, and there's a space hooker, but that's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Firefly. So, um, I, you know, I um, I didn't hate it. I watched the first three, I think, or four hours, whatever it is that they sent out. Um, I like some of the characters, but I felt like the stories became progressively less interesting. I think by the third episode, we were fighting rock monsters in a mine or something. And that was when I was like, okay, maybe I'm done with this. Because there are some interesting revelations in it and conspiracy stuff going on that could be neat. But, um, there's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of other... Unnecessary and uninteresting stories slathered on top of that but but Jason, what did you think of the show well it's It's one of those things that it's it's
1: such a big show for sci fi like they're putting a lot behind it and having been on the set and walked the streets of defiance and all that stuff behind it, my expectations were really high, and it came in under the expectations <laughs> for for that but but I'm I'm finding it hard to judge how good it is based on you know, sort of based on that. Like I didn't think it was terrible. I actually like a lot of it. I think there's a lot of stuff in it that I think it's a show that it's gonna take into the first season for them to settle on what aspects are really working and and really what direction the show's gonna go because it does have a little bit of a, a firefly feeling, but it's a it's set in a, you know, while there's still technology and stuff like that, because of the war that went on and the terraforming and stuff like that, it's sort of, everything's sort of like the open frontier. So it has, you know, that kind of aspect to it. But then there's a Romeo and Juliet storyline in the show, you know, and and then the things that I do find interesting are... You know there is the I'm trying to not mention anything past the first episode so that anybody listening to this uh won't be spoiled in the next if you know continuing on in the next couple of weeks but there's there's some things that get set up that are interesting, but I do kind of agree that there is an aspect in one of the next couple episodes that the episode seems pretty plain uh considering the world that we've that it's set in but yet I think the episode after that I can't remember which one now gets into a little bit more about some of the alien races and their backgrounds and
2: yeah that stuff I found really interesting
1: yeah and I think if they go into that stuff more where we learn more about them and and uh, even you know and and the you know the interesting thing of them trying to have this sort of melting pot of a, a town where all these People and different alien races are are trying to live together. I think that stuff can be interesting. Some of the other stuff where it ends up just being it becomes like a murder procedural for an episode that 's less interesting in the midst of this you know big glossy you know science fiction you know lots of special effects world they 've uh, uh they 've set up
2: yeah i I wish that they gave us a little bit more backstory because they sort of hint at what the backstory is and maybe we'll get some more of that at some point but you know i'm 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 almost more interested in what they haven't told us us, in terms of these aliens coming to earth and the war that ensued it's almost like i wish that we got the prequel series before we got the series
1: i think that's where the potential lies in the series is that there is a lot to work with that I think could become very interesting. It's just that after the first four hours, that's how I felt, is that there's still potential, but yet we only had one of the two following episodes that really delved into anything where you find out more about, you know, some of the characters' backgrounds or some of the, uh, you know, the alien backgrounds. And, uh, yeah, more about, like, why you know why they were coming here and you know why these because some of the alien races don't seem to be getting along yet why did they all show up at the same time you know or like why yeah, were, it's a great
2: question that yeah. i wish Joe show would answer there's
1: there was lots of stuff that i mean the, the first episode sort of gives you uh the story arc of uh grant bowler's character you see some of the other stuff that's going around and you get a little bit of like the mayor giving a speech because it's a you know uh, an anniversary of when the war ended or whatever and and there's some there's a little bit of speechifying to tell you some of the stuff that's going on and i think that introducing uh you know the new lawman in town and stuff like that i think it worked in the first episode i think it it works well as a as the you know the 2 hour movie or the 90 minutes but it didn't have that initial like completely suck you in uh, type of stuff going on, and I mean it did enough that I instantly watched the next two episodes on the on the screen or i didn't i wasn 't like oh, i 'll get around to watching those later so there there was a enough that made me want to watch more, but the problem was is that the next two episodes still sort of left me wanting to know more and <laughs> <laughs> thinking that they should have have told us more by now.
2: Yeah, I I think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think they made a good faith effort in the effort in that first episode after the pilot, where they give you kind of a, a cultural background, a, a story involving the cultures of one of the alien races. I thought that was really great. And but there are so many other races out there. I still don't even know the names of. Oh gosh, I think at least five of the aliens' races. I don't even know what they're called. Um, there's that one that looks like Chewbacca, kind of. Um, I have no idea what he is, but, uh, yeah, I wish that they, you know, it's, it's hard on a show like this because I think you have to, you don't want to, you don't want to do a laundry list type introduction, but at the same time, um, I, I think you do need to answer some pretty easy questions like that early on and, and find some way story wise to do it. And particularly in the third episode, I, I think they really, um, miss an opportunity to, to give us more background on on this world and why we should care rather than going in a procedural direction which is what they they do.
1: Yeah, like you said there is there's, you know, seven different alien races but you really only get introduced to a couple of them. You sort of see the, you know, the other ones are sort of around but you don't really uh, I I know more about them in the series, but that's only because of the presentations that I saw during the set visit and stuff like that. But this is not this is not stuff that you should have to know. You shouldn't have to have a, a, a background like like you shouldn't have to read Game of Thrones to understand what's going on in Game of Thrones type of thing. Right. You shouldn't have to have read a primer on the, the world that that's that's been developed to be able to understand what's going on.
2: Yeah, exactly. You you shouldn't have to read press notes to know what's going on. And and for far too often that that happens on shows, whether it's um, this one or there are a, are a few others coming up where I felt that way too. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I I think there's definitely still potential, and I'm
1: I'm I'm st- I'm also interested to find out from some friends that are also gamers what they think of how the game ties in with the with the series going going forward. Because I think it's all very. It's all a huge undertaking and a very interesting thing to me not just having a game based on a TV show but where the worlds are actually sort of interlocked and that they could have crossover things happen between the game and the and the show all that stuff on top of it is still interesting is interesting to me but yet the the whole time as this whole thing was happening I kept thinking like so how could the what if the game sucks and, you know, and, and the TV show is good, but w- or what happens if the other way around, what if the show sucks? Uh, I I suppose it would probably be easier for, I don't know, that the, the game could, I'm sure if the game was decent fun, that it could stick around, even if the show got, uh, got canceled, but it's such a, I don't know. It's such a huge undertaking that they were, they are giving it a huge push. You know, it's their big sort of, well, I like a lot of the sci-fi stuff. Like I, I like Warehouse 13 and I like Eureka. and uh, But then I tend to go towards the sort of action comedy type of things more in general anyways, which is also why I like a lot of the USA Network shows. This is sort of their attempt to get back into actually doing a big sci-fi series. And so I'm really interested to see the reaction to it once everybody has a chance to see it this week since it's going to play about 20 times if, if you don't see, if you don't see it tonight it plays three times on on the night that it airs and it plays in, at least another 10 times by next by Saturday so uh between that and and online i'm sure if, if you don't get a chance to see it uh then you weren't looking for it <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's definitely going to be there. All right, well uh that's a uh, that's that's the end of our primetime segment and uh any of those shows we uh, we definitely be interested in hearing what uh, you out there have to think about those, especially me, I'm interested in hearing what you have to think about or what you think about defiance if you've watched it. So uh you can uh leave a a comment uh or voicemail at at the at the website, or you can always uh, send uh, an email to feedback at tvtimes3.com. And uh, next week on the podcast, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and uh, we'll have uh, links to uh, the news stories we talked about today and where uh, you can find Makisha and Rob and uh, their writings and podcasts online. Uh, you can find all that stuff in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 177. Uh, That's also, like I mentioned, you can uh, leave us a comment, tell us what you think about Defiance and Mad Men, the following, and all all the rest of the stuff we talked about today. And as always, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter at TV Times 3 to keep up with uh, when new episodes are uh, released, uh, if you're not subscribed in something like iTunes or or something like that. And we'll close the show with... uh, Uh, The opening and closing music is provided by IODA PromoNet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title, put out by Yellow Dog Records. And thanks again, Rob and Makisha, for uh, joining me on the
2: podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. That was fun. Thanks very much. We sit glued to the TV
2: set all night. And
0: every day.
2: I go into the outside world at all.
1: It's such a fright. We
2: got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of